let's do five seconds of silence starting now. Lovely, lovely five seconds of silence. Um, I know Phil will be listening to this. No way when he does it is it five seconds. No, it's like three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though he'll now clip an audio image of the wave file and send it back to us because he's that kind of guy saying, see, it is five seconds. I still say he's doctored it. It's fake news. Fake <laughs> news. <laughs> uh, we've done all the other pre-show checks before pressing record. We both have a show plan up. Um... I've had a cup of tea. Uh, Shivam sounds peppy. Phil, if you love Phyrexia, say nothing. Excellent. Um, All right. Cool. Well, in which case, I'm Sean Watson. I'm Shivam Putt. And we are Commanderin. Here's where we play some music. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, We put a spotlight on community issues, but never ever talk about five banned topics. Religion, politics, politics, Hearthstone, hip-hop, and Whitney Houston. God, you had to still on that. Look, man, it's not my (laughs) fault that I I will always love you. (laughs) (laughs) I hate Whitney Houston so much. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, there'll be a Whitney fan out there crying into their mic going, don't speak ill of the dead right now. How about we just not speak of them at all, <laughs> ever, <laughs> as one of the banned topics that we so heartily stick to all the time. Well, I'm still petitioning for hip-hop to be removed. Yeah, anyway. like, I don't get I'm more than happy to talk about hip-hop, but... um. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways. A white man and an Asian man. Hey, look, dude. There's... All right. <laughs> anyway. <Next. laughs> guys, you can, and gals, visit patreon.com forward slash commander and MTG. And don't forget to visit us on the YouTube. Uh, this week, we have a wonderful show lined up for you. And that's because it's talking about something I want to talk about. No, I joke, of course. We're talking about. The Scarab God. Da da da. I am super excited about this because the Scarab God is, since the set review, uh, since they first revealed them, he's the one I've been most excited about because obviously my Grim Grin deck is basically made to sit and have this guy hoist up the flame to be the new zombie lord. So I'm super excited to see where he can go. Of course, it's like the only mythic I haven't pulled from the set yet. So <laughs> <laughs> I got myself a, uh, I, I paid for it, a uh, invocation scarab god. Yeah, I think, like, because I didn't I'm like the invocations. I didn't like the invocations at all until I saw them at GP Vegas in person. And holy crap, these things look super cool in person. And... I think I'm going to need to get these three gods as invocations, and that's probably going to cost me a dollar or three. 
Well, I I had a, a realization. So I got myself, um, I pulled an invocation. I got a Diabolic Tutor, Intent, oh, even. Cool. Diabolic Intent, which is the cool tutor. In fact, a very good for a Scarab God deck. I bought, with my dollar pounds, a Consecrated Sphinx, uh, which is a beautiful one. So I do agree that the invocations is uh, a friend of the show, Patreon, and editor over at EDH rec Henry Stukenberg said, pointed out to me, the reason people don't like them and the reason that people took a reaction to them that they didn't take to the masterpiece, other masterpieces is the framing actually clips the art. It makes the picture look smaller. The very top has like... Very much so. And because it's got such beautiful art, but the art looks smaller, it, the eye focuses more closely onto the border and that's why people had a visceral reaction to them. I think exactly he's bang on the money there. They shouldn't have messed with the size of the art. Well, here, here's the thing that happened with that. Is that uh, two things. First off, yes, when we actually saw the frames and you realize, oh, they really, really shrank the art box a lot. The other thing is, is that these were first revealed on like Twitch streams and stuff where they're already downgraded and... You know, the JPEG is compressed significantly more. So they looked like hot garbage when we first saw them. But then when you see it in person, you realize that there's depth to it. The the thing actually looks like a building popping out. Like, it's got this kind of design sensibility that you don't expect to see. And it looks really, really cool sometimes. Yeah, there's a physical depth to the card. It's an illusion because where the foiling is and the pillars and stuff and the light that's on the frame, that does give it a strange, like you're looking for a viewfinder at the art. And I think it's quite cool in the flesh. Yeah. And internet. some of the artwork on them is phenomenal. But yeah. especially for these three gods coming out of the wall like that, yep. it looks almost Indiana Jonesy. I loved it. So anyway, enough about our opinion on the art of the Scarab God. We uh, have a little bit of news. Uh, so, some of you may not know, we've been collecting donations in the form of a deck raffle for uh, a friend of the show and patron, Mason Tarley, who has run our deck reviews group over on Facebook for a long time, does a lot of input in the community, and his uh, little one, I won't go into details, you can go onto his GoFundMe and look yourself, but his newborn baby was very, very ill. Um, and combine that with some other bad luck in his life meant that he was in a bad situation. So we run a raffle for a deck and we've taken Patreon donations and listeners of this show have drummed up an awesome $830.52 to donate to Mason. We're going to announce the raffle winner either next week or Phil will cut in with a pre-recorded bit who the raffle winner is now. Definitely next week when we have our Commander 2017 preview card. You guys are awesome. Commander is Commander people are an awesome community. Yeah, we're incredibly grateful to all of you for all of your donations, especially since, you know, Sean and I are, and Phil are all parents. So we all understand what it's like to have a young infant be sick and be feeling so helpless. And it's really heartwarming to see the response from our community to help out in times like this. 
So uh, congratulations to... People were throwing money at us at GP Vegas when... Uh, at, at, not even at GP Vegas, at the Command Zone Commander's Bash. People yeah. are so generous. You're all awesome. Yeah, we definitely appreciate all of you. That's cool. uh, super cool. Now, we're going to take another look at the watch list. <laughs> What is the watch list, Chivam? Well, Sean, the watch list is where we sit and look at cards that are just so absurdly busted that somebody really ought to think about banning them at some point. But they're things that we should really be paying attention to because they're just so ridiculous. And this week's watch list <laughs> card is maybe the most ridiculous commander card we've seen in months. Since the last busted, uh, is it? Is it Commando? Yeah, since the last mega busted Is It Commander? Yeah, it is our dear friend, the Locust God. The Locust God, who cost uh, four, a blue, and a red for six total mana. Legendary creature god, who is flying 4-4, four, four, but that is almost entirely irrelevant because mm -hmm. of the next ability. Whenever you draw a card, create a 1-1 one, one blue and red insect creature token with flying and haste. And then... If you decide to pay two in a blue and a red, you can loot, a.k.a. draw or d draw a card and then discard a card. Mm. And then when he dies, he comes back to your hand so that you can avoid any taxation. This is the most libertarian of deities. <clears throat> Tell me, Sean, are there any ways to draw cards in Commander? Uh, none spring to mind. I mean, mm. I can't imagine blue at all. Anybody playing blue in Commander, let alone, oh, I don't know. Consecrated Sphinx, or drawing <laughs> infinite cards every turn. Look, when this card flat out can replace Niv Mizzet as the uh, go-to draw card commander, I mean, it's broken as hell. So how do you bust this? Let's give, sorry, when we do the watch list, first of all, we argue why it's ban-worthy, and then we, def then we defend it. So let's argue why is this ban-worthy first. Okay, so a uh, listener and friend of the show, Jackie, showed me a link of a game that she was running where her opponent's ending life total was negative 3,150. 3,000. And then I saw another game where a person had played four, a four-way commander game on it, Mitko, and they had a, something like done a combined total of 9,000 points of damage spread over four people. 9,000 points of damage because you can just chain draw your whole deck with folks like, you know, Arjun or Mind Moil or Teferi's mm. Puzzle Box or any of, like, I don't know, Winds of Change, Wheel of Time. And then drop a Lab Maniac in to give the final middle finger solution. <laughs> right? Just like, hey, how about I draw? Like, just, you can get into the, all those bad feedback loops of, like, card draw with, like, Consecrated Sphinx and stuff and just end up drawing 50 cards a turn and then you get 50 1-1 tokens and then with something like, oh, I don't know, um, Coalition Relic, not Coalition <laughs> Relic, the, the flag or any of those random things where it's like all of your guys get 1-1 one, one for every other thing that shares a creature type with you it. You mean Coat of Arms. Coat of Arms. Yeah. And then it's just like, hey, how about 400-400 400 insects? I think one of the problems is it would be fine if those tokens didn't have flying and, more importantly, haste. Haste. It's the haste that does it. 
And that's the red part of his card. Cool, I get that. So thematically, it's fine. Can't argue with it as being outside of his color pie. Blah, 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 blah. Haste is an amazing ability. Probably one of the best in Commando. It's just right in Red's wheelhouse, so you don't see it as much as you would other evergreen abilities. It almost feels totally wasted, though, on this card, because in Commander, if you're doing it right, you're just drawing a ton of cards on everybody else's turn anyway. Because of haste, it doesn't matter when you draw the cards. So it's the... so good. It's oh. so bad. I did kill someone with using the Locust God, though. So I had oh. a, a little Vidalcan Aurora out. They said, right, I'm going to draw 50 cards, put their 50 <laughs> tokens into play. I flash in my favorite black card. Massacre Worm! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! You take 100 damage! <laughs> oh no! Because I play in Demir, I was holding the Pact of Negation to stop the counterspell. Oh, that's good. Skadoosh! That's so there are good. ways around it. Another card that I saw shut this down when I was playing against it, and I wasn't playing it, was someone played um, Blind Obedience. It's just like, right table, you now have a chance to react to the billion tokens that come out because they've all entered the battlefield tapped. Oh, that is good. Blind obedience <laughs> and uh, authority of the council are, and I guess Thalia as well to a lesser yep. extent, a fantastic card. <laughs> yeah, anything that just causes you to have to wait one more turn means that that's one more turn that you can just start and like, Go to town against this guy. And as a token guy, you know more than anyone, Shivam, that board wipes are a real pain in the backside oh, for you. One cyclonic rift and this guy's day is ruined. Now the problem is the opponent's probably drawn half the deck and is holding a good package of counter magic. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta do it. There, there's things you can do. And definitely there's nice cards like Electricery. You know, do one point of damage to a target creature you don't control with Overload. And then you can just go and and zot all the things. Because what's an insect like better than one of those little insect killers that just zaps it? Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what is that one pinger that you can tap and it does like one point of damage to all the creatures that share a name or a type or something like that with it? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Goblin Sharpshooter would do it as well. Exactly. Machine gun, all their tokens. (sighs) The problem you got is that it's it's once again, there's no tax. If it was whenever you draw a card, you may pay one and draw it, it would be more manageable. But you just get the guy for free. So it falls into the realms of the Consecrated Sphinx, which has been on the watch list before, of it's super abusable. Uh, like if you've got a Skull Clamp and an Ashnod's Altar out, you can draw infinite cards and create infinite mana. And what <laughs> if you've got like Perforos out? Then you're just like zapping all the people all the time. I draw 20 cards, you're all dead. Right. Or let's say you put Niv in. It's his colors. You're still just going to chain off. It's yeah. just this gets so... I mean, the first time you do it, you feel awesome. It's amazing. This card's hella cool. The second time, you hate yourself. It's the <laughs> Mizzix problem. Mizzix of the Ismagus. You exactly. built the deck. I got. I did it with Niv Mizzix. So in fact, it's an Izzik commander problem, really. Enjoyer as well. You build the deck... You pull the trick off because it's very efficient at doing the trick quickly because it's blue for efficiency, red for speed. You, Everyone goes, mm, great. The next game, if you play it again, you either pull the trick off again and feel bad about just going, all right, this is becoming a one-trick pony. Or 
you get stopped and everyone goes, right, well, I know I need to kill card X, X, and X, and your deck shuts down. Yup. And because you're in blue and a card drawing, and your deck specifically card drawing, you're going to be countering what you can. The card I was thinking of is, is it Static Caster? The Flash yeah, Haste, yes, who can tap and do one damage to target creature and each other creature with the same name as that creature. <laughs> which would basically just... uh. Just like I don't know, wiping out all the bugs in the back part backyard barbecue that you just ran. Is it static caster? We'll just go and zap, zap, zap them all. Hilariously, you, if you hit the locusts, you'll also kill the Hornet Queen players' um, <laughs> hornets because they're also insect tokens. Yeah, but that poor Hornet Queen player is looking at his four hornets very, very sadly, and he's looking at four thousand locusts. Sorry, Hornet Queen is friend of the show. So I don't think this card should be banned because there are other cards that do similar and they're not banned worthy. Like, is Mizzet and if. Oh, God, why do all these cards have so stupid names? Niv Mizzet and Mizzix of the Ismagus. <laughs> <sighs> Frankly, I think we should just ban the Is It color combination in general. Yeah, get rid of it. Put it on the I'm pile with I'm not Bant. a fan. <laughs> but. But, God, <laughs> the, the thing is, though, the Locust God makes. He he tells stories. Like when you build these things, you've got the coolest story to share later because it's so ridiculous. It is so, so absurdly ridiculous what you could do with this. And I mean, it's going to make for fun stories one time. The second time you're just going to be like, can I now play a real deck? Yeah. And speaking just of saying. real decks, we should come on to our main topic, I think. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Talk about his brother. Talk about his... I was going to say it could be sister, but no, that's clearly a male form in the art. The Scarab God. Three and a blue and a black. For a legendary creature god. Five, five. Oh, just notice he's one more parent toughness than the Locust God. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses X life and scry X, where X is the number of zombies you control. That's pretty good. That's not See, I'm already out. sold on that. <laughs> then, two and a blue and a black. Exile target creature from a graveyard. A graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of it, except that it's a 4-4 black zombie. The thing is, if that said your graveyard, it would still be amazing. Great. Yeah, if it just eternalized. The, but the um, fact that it says a graveyard is absurd. <laughs> it's I wonder if there's been a point in somewhere in design and development where that just eternalized because there's no other eternalized cards that does it outside of your own graveyard yeah i believe they said that they couldn't figure out a way to template it cleanly but it's meant to basically eternalize yes but it's super eternalized because it hits your opponent's graveyard as well and then also when the scarab god dies return it to its own hand at the beginning of your next end step so even if it dies you ain't paying no tax brother or sister no tax for you. However, if they exile him, you still have to pay the tax. Yes, that's true. If he gets exiled, you can't return him to your hand. So, when I first read this, Shivam, we were recording when I got spoiled whilst we were on air. Spoiled by Wedge over at the uh, Mana Source, actually. Do you remember my reaction, Shivam? I believe you nearly broke your phone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, another gosh darn zombie tribal commander why honestly i was flipping out because i was so excited to finally see an amazing zombie tribal commander 
because that's my favorite deck to play. And I was quite cross about it because I don't play tribal really. And unfortunately, a very popular tribe is very much in the wheelhouse of Demir. It's like, if I see one more zombie tribal or one more artifact-based Demir commander, I'm going to flip in scream. And I did a little bit. Internally, I certainly screamed. We're English. Stiff up a lip, old boy. Don't scream outwardly. <laughs> and then I read him again. And I was like, nope. This guy's not a zombie tribal commander. I mean, he is. He's an excellent zombie tribal commander. And any uh, Geeser and Garolf, or Geeser and Geralf, or however you want to say that, and any Grimgrin, or Drimgrin, as you might want to call him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> deck could literally just swap the commander out for uh, the Scarab God and be a perfectly brilliant deck. And that's I mean, my that's problem. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's my problem, though, is that deck's been done. Do you know I mean, you can have G&G and Grimgrin and Scarab God in your deck and just choose before you're, you know, when you get the deck box out, who am I going to run as the commander in this game? And the deck will, and the others go in the 99. It will run perfectly functionally well. Then I really focused on that second ability. That second ability is absolutely sensational. And you're not wasting the first ability because every creature you create with the second ability is also a zombie. I mean, it just, it's so, it's like, first off, it's self-feeding, which is amazing. But yeah, when I looked at that, I was like, holy crap, any graveyard. That means you can always take whatever the best creature that just died is. Or that you've milled. <laughs> or that they milled. If yeah, like, for instance, you're playing themselves. against somebody who's trying to be salt-eye-tricky, and they just pitch their, you know, I don't know, Elish Norn into the toilet, you're like, God. Oh. Did I just take that? that I guess that's my deck eternal is ignored. Gonna... <laughs> that Tasuga deck is just giving you fuel. That uh, Carador deck. You're just like, yeah, keep chucking it in there. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll tell you what, Carador player. You're one creature that you can cast a turn. Target it. See, and Merin. Target your one creature, because that's the one that's getting exiled as a response to your targeting trigger. And what about, like, Scion of the Ur-Dragon, for instance? Oh, or, yeah. Like, I don't know, I just think there's so many I don't know, I think the Scion player is going to kill you with Infect, isn't he? Or she. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) There's so many tricks you can do with that stupid... God, that eternalized power, being able to target any graveyard is just magical. So let's talk about what's in this deck then, Sean, because this thing... If you're not going to play my zombie deck, then you better have (laughs) a good idea. I'm going to play your whatever deck. So one of the other things Demir is very good at is using your opponent's cards. So that's that's the Demir strategy that this commander is playing into. Oh, just as a last thing about the zombie decks, all the people out there, because when I tweeted my deck list, the deck list will be up in the uh, show notes, but it's on our deck stats page in my folder. All the people that tweeted me, oh, no, it should be zombies. Yes, I'm not saying the zombie deck is bad. The zombie deck is really powerful, but we're just... It's oh, been dude. done. It's just been done for me. Go brew them. They're excellent. But we're not going to talk about it here. So <laughs> what we're going to look about is abusing enter the battlefield and leave the battlefield abilities. So I think a very quick conversation about why ETBs and... We're just going to say ETB even if it's an LTB because everyone just says ETB. Enter the battlefield abilities are so good. So why are so enter the battlefield abilities really great in our format, Shivam? 
Uh, because they're abusable and reusable with bounce and things? Yes, repeatability is one of the key signature things about Enter the Battlefield's Flicker, Graveyard Recursion, which is what we're doing here. And nine times out of ten, the powerful ETBs that are out there are more expensive to cast the creature than they are to flicker the creature, which is often free with things like Conjurer's Closet, which we don't have in this deck because we're creating tokens and Conjurer's Closet kills tokens. That's awkward. So repeatability. I think another thing people don't uh, necessarily give ETBs too much credit for is you get the ability immediately. You drop a creature that's got an activated ability, you often have to wait to use it to either save up the mana or because it has summoning sickness if it's a tap ability. ETBs, you've got it. As soon as that creature resolves off the stack, you get that ability. So it's like having a spell in your hand that also happens to have power and toughness and hangs around. Exactly. Just like, you know, our friend uh, Maldrifter. Well, I don't see on this card, but would seem to be perfect if you were to take this uh, card, evoke him, draw your two cards, pitch him into your yard, and then internalize him for a couple more. Yes, he's in my deck list. I just haven't put him out. Did you know that Enter the Battlefield triggers came into Magic slightly later, and they were one of the main things to try and get people to play with creatures? Yeah. I mean, yeah. did you know that the uh, expansion set Legion was an entirely all-creature set, and the reason they were able to make it work is because most of those creatures had enter-the-battlefield effects? Yes. Enter-the-battlefield effects make your creatures double up as spells, which is, brings me on to my first sort of uh, highlight category, is kind of removal spells. And two of the best removal spells you're going to get out there, these are functional reprints of one another, so I'm... I'm just going to give you their names and read what the card does once because they do identical things, which is Fleshbag Marauder and Merciless Executioner. So for two and a black, you get a creature. One of them's a zombie already. And when they enter the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature. That is so good. Oh, man. Each player. Ah, oh, in this set, each player is so good. <laughs> so you sacrifice your own... Unless you've got something that else that you want to re-eternalize. So this d doubles up in this deck. You either sacrifice the flesh bag slash executioner and then re-eternalize it if you need to. Or you sacrifice something else that you want to use again. So I need to use my Baleful Strix again. So I'm going to dump the flesh bag and sack the Baleful Strix, then re-eternalize the Baleful Strix to draw a card. Yeah. It, it doubles up its functionality in this deck. I also, in my deck, dropped in uh, Dictator Erebos and Grave Pact, which starts to become abusive when you have cards like Fleshbag Marauder and Merciless Executioner, because everyone sacrifices two creatures to your one. That's that's wrong, dude. That's <laughs> just <laughs> Those two cards are awesome. If you're not... Do you know the amount of people that... Have don't run much enchantment removal in their decks. I mean, some color combos don't even have access to it. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, enchantments are super powerful in EDH because nobody ever runs removal. And that's just, oh gosh. So yeah, drop. You're going to be losing stuff and you need to be aggressive with your um, creatures in this deck because you kind of want them to die. <laughs> 
the thing you have to be careful about is that these creatures do die and then you exile them to get them to turn into eternalized creatures. So you have to make sure that second use is a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a little bit of skill and thought. Also, that second ability is not cheap, which we'll talk about a bit more later. But, um, you know, four mana to do it, you're not going to be doing too many a turn. Right. But, I mean, the advantage of it being an instant speed spell, uh, instant speed ability, so you being able to activate instant speed, is you can play very blue in that you leave your mana up to either counter something and hold counters in your hands, or you, the player before you use end step, you eternalize something. Right. That's very good. Anyway, the next category is a couple of black favorites of mine. I might have actually an addiction problem to these two cards, and these are cards that gain you a bucket load of life and potentially kill your opponent, which is Grey Merchant of Asphodel. <laughs> Drink oh if you're playing the game. <laughs> and Kakusho, the evening star, which is um, a slightly weaker version of Gary. Oh now, my god, dude. Gary, and then just feed him to, like, I don't know, anything. any of your random sacrifice abilities, and then pop him back to just... The fact that it says each opponent, I swear to god, that has to be one of the biggest design errors they've ever made, putting each opponent on Grey Merchant of Asphodel. That card's going to be Mythic Rare, though, right? <laughs> a Mythic Common, man. Mythic It's like, <laughs> it's like it is so good. If I could own a piece of magic art, uh, the original art, I think Grey Merchant's art might be right on the top of my But list. that's such a gross card. It's like a slug with a backpack. I don't even understand. Well, it's a, it's a zombie. He's having a look. He's, he's holding... Oh, he's... Look, someone's broken his back. Poor Gary. You know, he's been hanging out with Jason Gideon too much. <laughs> oh, and Coco Show, everyone's well, favorite, everyone's favorite mythic black mono black dragon. So, sorry, we didn't read Grey Merchant. We shouldn't have to. If you don't know what Grey Merchant does, shame on you because you're about to go and buy four of them or forty. Yeah, when Grey Merchant enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, where X is your devotion to black. You gain life equal loss this way. Devotion is each black pip on permanence you control. Um, on their mana cost, should I say, uh, counts as your devotion. So at worst, in a four-player game, you're gaining eight life. And the fact... Now, Six here's life, the thing, sorry. though. The one thing is, though, when you do eternalize them, they don't come back with... I don't believe they copy the uh, cast. Yeah, they, cast. they do copy the. Do they? Yeah, yeah. Oh. You get a full copy of the card, and it's CMC as part of the card. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Coco that show is, is wrong. <laughs> when Coco show dies, each opponent loses five life. You gain life equals the life lost this way, which can finish people off. Um, it's really quite spectacular. Coco show. Coco show becomes a little bit more tricky though because it does have to die, which means the second time around you're basically. You're only going to get, like, two uses out of him if you're doing the... Um... Yeah, he's a leave the battlefield trigger. Yeah. But if you dump that dragon... Like... Oh, by the way, just a side note, Grey Merchant is a zombie, naturally, so he triggers the first ability as well. Because why not? Because right? why not? 5-5 five, five Flyer isn't the most powerful thing, Commander, but it isn't to be sniffed at. So if you've got 5-5 five, five Flyer and you're aggressively throwing it into your opponent's face, do you know that's pretty good? And it turns out when you've already nugged him for like 15 points of damage from 
Gary and the first time that Kokosho died, then five points suddenly becomes a real, a real deal. Yeah, and it flies as well, so it's got decent evasion. There's always someone at the table that's not got a flying blocker. Always. Yeah. Don't it's true. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. I mean, I play in blue and black, so I tend to have um, flyers. Yeah, let me let me count to you how many flying soldiers there are. Oh, I think I'm done. <laughs> There's some Avon soldiers, maybe. They might they might be warriors because some reason soldier and warrior is a different thing. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, we're not talking about your guild today, we're talking about my guild. <laughs> but this is just, just so good. It's so so silly. I don't know. There's so many interesting like ETB targeted kill things you could use, like Shriekmaw or Necrotal. But yeah. in in uh, EDH, targeting one thing is not really as good as targeting the whole table. Yeah, and the sacrifice ability on the flashbag and the executioner. I know if there's a token player, they don't care. But there's always that angel guy that really doesn't want to, or angel gal that really doesn't want to lose their best angel, or like a good angel. Or any Voltron player. Oh, or Voltron somebody players who's hate t- it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we should move on, I think. Because at the moment we've only talked about black cards. We've got some big mill spells in this deck. But we don't want to just use them once. We don't want to just be using our one creatures once. So we want to recur some of our big sorceries. We've got some sorceries as well that um, in the deck that allow us to draw a bunch of cards and stuff as well. So we want to be reusing some of them. Instants and sorceries, not just sorceries, sorry. So I've put in... Snapcaster Mage and Torrential Gear Hulk. Because they're just phenomenal cards unto themselves. But then when you use them and then they die and then you get to use them again, flashing back a Snapcaster Mage to flash back another spell is pretty silly. And then the fact that he comes back as a 4-4 on top of that is pretty phenomenal. A (laughs) 4-4 zombie Snapcaster, he's going to be like... It's like, here is your terror, master. Now, it's an expensive card, Snappy, even with its reprinting. Uh, we should probably read it. It's a 2-1 creature human wizard, for one and a blue with flash. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, target instant sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback into end of turn, and the flashback cost is equal to that spell's mana cost. The Gear Hulk is a 5-6 uh, artifact creature construct with flash. Uh, he's 6 mana, 4 and 2 blue. And when he enters the battlefield, you may cast a target instant card or sorcery card from graveyard without paying its mana cost sorry just instant card i mean that to me becomes if he's in your yard and you've got four mana up and there's some count spells in your yard and we've got a few counters in this deck he just means you've got a counter on the table and your opponent's knowing you always have a four mana counter spell available that knowledge is like a threat against your opponents it makes them think twice about playing their big spells and it's just, you can do just so many dumb things with this card, like flashing, I mean, the body itself is so good the first time around and the second time around. And yes, being able to just counter spell, flashback torrential gear hook to bring back your force of will, flashback torrential gear hook to bring back your, if you're a, you know, big spender, your mana drain. <laughs> and it's just like, God, man, I hate blue. I hate blue because of this stuff. <laughs> Love it. And I think with the Gear Hulk, 
like, and it, it's indicative of all this deck. You want to be playing aggressively with your creatures. Because if you've got mana up, you don't need to worry about blocking too much. Because if an opponent has a creature in a yard, you can still block. Because you can flash in the creature from your opponent's yard and block with it. So you need to just be aggressive, aggressive, aggressive with your stuff. You don't really care if it goes to the graveyard. Pointless attacks where you're just going to lose your creature and your opponent's not going to lose anything doesn't help. But you want to be forcing your opponent to make blocks. You want to be forcing your opponent to take damage. And you just got to keep turning your creature sideways. Which is a bit different to a lot of Demir strategies where you want to combo out and things. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I definitely like about the Scarab God and the sort of playstyle he encourages is because of the fact that because you've got this built-in backup for when your guys die, being able to it gives you an aggression that I appreciate. Because one of the reasons I've never really enjoyed playing normal Demir decks is because they're so controlly, so slow, and so discouraging of actually attacking. But the fact that like bringing Snapcaster Mac as a four-four is great, because yeah. Snappy as a two-one is like in EDH that is a, might as well be a zero-one, but as a four-four. That's still that's a reasonable and realistic reasonable number of damage. Point. A four four that if it's not dead, everyone loses, gets drained for one in your upkeep, and you scry one for it being on the table. Right. That yeah. and just like all of this stuff kind of feeds into itself. And I don't know. I love the idea of a crazy zombified gear hulk just like lumbering <laughs> around. Like that. Just the image makes me laugh. Metal brains. <laughs> <laughs> This is chewing on old computers. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of mill, we have a mill sub-theme in this deck. Right, so uh, an old podcast that Phil used to be on moons ago, there was a guy on there who I'm not going to give the publicity of that, his name, but he confidently said, mill decks do not win in EDH. And I'm sure other people have said it. You are so incredibly wrong, people that say that. Shivam, you've seen my Lazav deck on heat. That it's, thing is... <laughs> that made me so angry. <laughs> so when I went to GP Vegas, I must have played 50 games of Magic, and I must have played 20 of them with Lazav, and I think I only lost three when I had him on the table, and that is a dedicated mill deck. And it doesn't do infinite combos. It's not like the Unidex or and stuff where it just says, right, I do you would mill you one or I um I have Minecrank and Dusk Mantle Guild Mage, so mill you one lose. It doesn't do any infinite combos at all. The thing is an incidental mill is almost worse than not having infinite combos. Just because it's so irritating to be bled out like that. <laughs> and like <laughs> And in EDH, yeah, we've got 100 cards, and you're always going to have more stuff in there. But God, is it annoying when somebody hits you with that traumatize or hits you with that <laughs> yeah. just like your turbo millable nonsense. Cool. We have quite a few mill cards in this deck. I mean, I wonder if it might even be worth putting in some of the, the mill shenanigans from uh, Hour of Devastation as well. Maybe. I do quite like fraying sanity. And of sanity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's not in this deck. I'll tell you what is in this deck. Traumatized that you mentioned, which is quite simple. Five mana target player puts the top half of their library rounded down into their graveyard. Or as I like to call it, target player gives you a whole bunch of creatures that you can <laughs> internalize. Um, always hit the Boros Angels player, by the way, because they always have an Avacyn. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Can you imagine? 
an oh. eternalized Avison is so. I mean, mean, she's only a four-four, but she is. Yeah, but she's indestructible. Indestructible. <laughs> That's just wrong, dude. <laughs> I want to talk about one of my favorite mill cards because it's so absolutely disgustingly lethal. Uh, Sphinx's tutelage. Oh God. Read that one for me, Shivam. Sphinx's tutelage, which is one of my favorite cards from Origins, uh, is an enchantment for two and a blue, which says whenever you draw a card, target opponent puts a top two card to his or her library into his or her graveyard. If they're both non-land cards that share a color, repeat this process. That clause screws so many people so many times. But that's not all, Sean. Do you know what else this card does? For five and a blue, it lets you loot. Draw a card and then discard one. And that means that, once again, you're just going to start funneling more of their nonsense into the graveyard. And gosh, I can't imagine why this deck would want to do that. Yeah. So I'll tell you a beautiful serendipitous Sphinx's tutelage story. So I'm playing against the opponent. We both have con Sphinxes out. I also have a Sphinx's tutelage out, but he's forgotten it's there because it's been out for a while. Someone draws a card. He's like, I'm drawing two. I'm like, yeah, okay, I draw two. Four, sorry. <laughs> He's like, oh, cool, I'm going to draw eight. I'm like, cool, I draw 16. So currently I'm <laughs> on 20 cards. He's like, all right, cool, I'm going to draw uh, 16 also then. I was like, cool, I'm going to draw another 10 and put 50 Sphinx's Tutelage triggers on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God I forgot damn. you had that out. Yes, you did. And as it was a con Sphinx that did it, you have oh, no. been taught by the Sphinxes. Oh, no. Not to be greedy. <laughs> that is so. That is just wrong, dude. Oh, my God. You're going to, like, mind grab that guy into nothing. Like, oh, God. That's just so mean. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. You can mill the rest of your deck, scumbag. Um, speaking of mind grind, actually. So mind grind is an absolute mill staple. But it, it oh, I forgot that that was actually a card. Yeah. Mindgrade's X and a blue and a black. Sorcery each time. Uh, each opponent reveals cards from the top of their library until he or she reveals X lands, then puts all the cards revealed that way. This card into screws their me so many times. I've killed so, like, so green players that have heavily ramped to get 20 lands out. You only need to resolve Mindgrind for. Like three or four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you need to resolve mine grind for like five to really basically put them out of the game and then ten to almost guarantee they're gone. Okay, so when I was at, at GDC this year, the Game Developers Conference, I was playing in a uh, an EDH game against a bunch of Watsi developers and stuff. And Robert, um, Robert Schuster played a... Turbo Milazov deck against me, and I was playing my soldiers deck, and I had been using the land tax to get all my planes out of my deck oh. to you know play them and just like get them out and do, do my little you know land grabby things going on. And he's just like, "Oh, you seem to have been taxing your lands quite a bit. Do you mind if I mind grind you?" And I'm like, "No!" And I swear to God, I lost like two thirds of my deck off of a mind grind for two. <laughs> And it was just like, what in the hell? It's, it's, it's good oh anti... I mean, you're giving a white card as an example there in land tax, but it's good anti-green tech, mind grind. Oh, it's good the, anti-everybody tech. It's so, that so annoying. So, oh, you oh. boundless realms, have you? Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wrong. Yeah. Oh, that card's messed up, man. 
I got a little note from Phil saying that he didn't understand why I'd put Silumgar's monument into this deck. Yeah, I was actually curious about that as well. So I just want to reference all the monuments. The monuments were a cycle of mana rocks that were three mana each and tapped to produce one of the allied colour pairings manas and were named after the dragon lords. So Silumgar, Rajatai, Ataka, Dramoka and etc. The other one. Everyone's oh. shouting at me on the internet now. Colagan. There you go. God, I forgot the one that's almost Yeah, the one that we can't edge. use in our format. Well, I don't know. He's all right. He goes into that deck, doesn't he? Anyway, we're not talking about Colgan. So they do that. But they also have Pay 4 and that Allied Color Pairings mana. And the mana becomes a 4-4 uh, dragon of the right colors with flying into end of turn. So what I found using monuments is with a tractor being a th- such a thing, what the monuments do is twofold. One, they stop a Traxxer hitting you because you don't mind losing your mana rock to just kill a Traxxer if you need to put the tax up on her. Or the proliferation of Super Friends decks. Do you know the amount of times people sit there with Super Friends decks and don't spot the flying attacker that you have? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I've killed so many Planeswalkers with my monuments. Yeah, because nobody's paying attention to the random mana rock that suddenly turns into the 4-4 that just eats your your Liliana. Yeah. <laughs> like, all the time it happens. So I'm like, it just turns into a six-mana kill spell for a Planeswalker. Or, you know, someone's about to go out and they get a bit cocky. Uh, I've got a really good ground defense. No one's got any flyers. Yes. No, yeah, don't do this. When someone says, don't drum your fingers together and go, yes. No flyers. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, don't bring attention to yourself. <laughs> But then you go, right, cool, I'm going to activate the Monument Attack. All the amount of times people have swung in with, I don't know, I've killed Derevis. Derevis who are trying to combo out and need Derevi to hit you. And they go, right, attack, you can't block it. Well, actually, I have a flying blocker. <laughs> Click. There you go. No. Kill your commander. Now, I know they're not paying the tax. But loads of commanders are like that. And they're like, oh, I didn't spot that. No, and unless you're no, playing you a newer player, if they say, I'm going to take my attack back then, then you say, hell no, you're not. <laughs> hell no you're not um, but yes that's why God, and there's loads of mana rocks out there that are three mana I don't see how that's any worse than a dark steel ingot in this deck But there I mean go. it creates your colors it does the job but that added functionality is just unexpected and yeah it's the surprise surprise and the fact that bags. in our format you can always get up to six mana eventually yeah Oh, that's nice. I just think they're over un- underappreciated, and they're like yeah. No, I might actually. Cents. Uh, mm. They don't come just in. Just swap colors. it out for another three drop mana rock and see what happens. I guarantee you there'll be a time where it is useful. Other unusual cards I've put in. So I put conspiracy into the deck, which is uh, three and two black. As conspiracy comes into play, choose a creature type, creature cards you own that aren't in play, creature spells you control, and ones that you do have in play. So all your creatures are the chosen type. Which just means if you've got a bunch of your stuff out uh, and it's not been internalized, you still keep getting the first trigger ticks because you pick zombie. So it just turns everything and makes it switches on the first ability better. I'm not sure it's worth it. If I was going to cut, it might be on there. Yeah, um, that's the thing. It's like, I like, I mean, 
period, I like to build tribal decks a lot, and periodically I look at this card because it basically turns everything into your tribe. But it's just, it's a lot of mana for a card, and it ultimately, I mean, yeah, it helps with your first ability, but in the grand scheme of things and what this deck is doing, I don't know that it's necessarily... Yeah. It's kind of like, eh, I mean, I would rather put, like, you know, Fraying Sanity, uh, Sanity instead. Yeah, I guess so. And there's what Startled Awake, and there's some other good mill cards. Or, like, any of the good EDB cards. But this one kind of, I mean, it's good. It gives you a little bit of incidental value, but I don't know that it's necessarily worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's one I put in just to, I guess, to tip my hat to all the people going, you should be doing zombie tribal. <laughs> you really should. It should be a zombie commander, isn't it? It's for zombies. It's like, Stop focusing on the word zombie. Well, conspiracy's in the deck, so technically I am doing zombie tribal. Now shut up. I love zombie tribal. I'm not going to lie. I know you do. It's great. It's great. It's just not for me. It's a very strong, very strong strategy. I am not insulting it, and I'm not saying it's necessarily even easy to brew. You have to think about which of the 7 million different printed zombies you have to put in. Dude, I realize this isn't the episode for that, and maybe we should save it for the episode that it is, but I got to tell you, when I was building Grim Grin, trying to cut down to, like, a good 20 zombies out of the 4,000 jillion zombies there are, plus zombie lords and everything, it's like, oh, God, which of these infinite combos can I put in here? And, uh, yeah, so Scarab Yeah, well, Conspiracy is normally a um, combo card, isn't it? There's a yeah. Tacer deck that makes it go nuts. Like, you could, I mean, that card is really, really good for a very specific purpose of, like, if you need to have tribal synergies for something. But in this deck, mm, it, it I don't know. kill man. your opponents. I mean, I've got Rise of the Dark Realms in the deck. I love which that Which is also a possible cut, though, because... I'm going to be exiling a lot of creatures opponents have in yards. So, yeah, is it nine mana to put whatever chaff I haven't already used back into play? <laughs> I think it might be. That's that is a lot. I don't see this on your. I don't see it on your deck list. Oh, I might have cut, already cut it in my thinking. Then ha, <laughs> there you go, listeners. The original version of this deck before I tinkered had Rise of the Dark Realms in it. Although, if you are running a deck with scarab god and you really don't have much in the way of zombies rise of the dark realms you're not abusing that second ability much rise of the dark realms is definitely good fun it's a good black card it is nine mana though right i think we should talk about something you've been itching to talk about since the beginning of this show which is the eldrazi processors yeah, actually, and before we get into the Eldrazi processors, let's talk about the Eldrazi themselves. Now, we can't yeah. obviously use Old Mom Emrakul in there, but the other five of the Eldrazi Titans we can. Yeah. And you, you know what that I realized when I was... Cast triggers, though. Yeah, cast triggers, but the other half is when you're playing against somebody and they have their Ulamog in play and you find a way to like force them to sacrifice it with the with your flesh bag for instance then before he hits a graveyard you can eternalize it 
exile their Ulamog before they get to shuffle it back into their deck. And yeah, then they you still get, get to shuffle four. their yards. They yeah, they get to shuffle them. their yard, fine, but you also get a 4-4 with Annihilator 6 or whatever absurd thing is on there. <laughs> it's Annihilator 4, but yes, it's not, not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> And great. indestructible on Ulamog. And the thing is, there's all sorts of cards that do, like, there was like a whole, like, you know, dozen years where every fatty they came with had one of these weird hits the graveyard to get shuffled back into your deck clauses. And Scarab God is really good about being able to just snatch that out from underneath them, exile mm. the dude before they can get their little trick off. But one of the other things that you can do is that, like you just mentioned, so BFZ set came out, and there was all of those processors and due to exile cards off the top of their libraries, and ingestors, that's what they were called. And they were all kind of terrible and very parasitic and not really useful in EDH. Except yeah. except now that since you're going to go to their yard, exile his, like, let's say you exile their Muldrifter and get your 4-4. Now their Muldrifter is in exile. Then you can put out any of these processors into play, like Oracle of Dust, like Ulamog's Nullifier. And then you can start eating their exiled creatures, put them back into their graveyards, get the effect that you were trying to get out of your processor and then exile the dude again to create another copy of an internalized creature off of your scarab. It's kind of silly. Yeah, so Ulamog's Nullifier I think is the best of them because it's ultimately a four-mana counter spell that gives you a creature and will reprocess a card back into an opponent's yard. So it's a flying flash. It's got Devoid, so it's colorless, but we're ignoring that. Two and a Demir. When Ulamog's Nullifier enters the battlefield, you may put two cards from your opponent, your your opponent's own from exile into their graveyard. So you pick their two best creatures you've already exiled. If you do, counter target spell. What's not to love? I just think that there's a lot of neat incidental value to be had from this, which is just kind of like, it's just fun. I think there's some neat tricks you can do that because people always think, oh, you exiled my guy, so that's the end of that. But with the processors, you can just start creating weird feeding cycles, and it can get pretty silly. I mean, yeah, I realize it's a little bit of Magic Christmas Land, but it is pretty cool. Everyone likes Magic Christmas Land. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's super fun. <laughs> it's Magic Bolas Land. Okay, so... Uh, Nickel Bolmus. As... Our brothers over at the Commander's Brew podcast did a Scarab God budget episode not so long ago. I'm going to wholesale rip off my idea and pick my three stars of the deck. If you don't listen to Commander's Brew, go and listen. Also, They're they very me, nice guys. They give me $5 every time I say this. They well, I mean, about... they're Canadian, so it's five Canadian dollars. I don't know how much oh, that's, that's worth to you. worthless. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of loonies and a toonie. It's worth about as much as the Maple Leafs chant, uh, hopes of getting a Stanley Cup in my lifetime of <laughs> Or anybody's Not a lifetime. lot. Uh, yeah. Burn! God, Toronto, sorry. My, my teams suck at the moment. Anyway, sorry, New Jersey. I love you, but you, you suck. Nobody loves New Jersey. <laughs> Shut your mouth, sir. Let's go, Devils. Anyway, the three stars of the day. <laughs> Phil's not here. Let's talk about sports. Yeah, we can finally talk about my beloved San Jose Sharks. Wait, no. Okay, fine. Well, so you were going to tell me about the stars of the game. <laughs> Sorry, the stars of the deck. 
Well, the LA Dodgers are your favorite team, as he shouts at me. <laughs> I love my Dodgers shirt. I'm still an Orioles fan, but yeah, you yeah. wear that here in San Francisco. Somebody will. I know. I'll get eggs. I'm all right in my Baltimore. No one hates Baltimore, though. Nobody even knows where Baltimore is. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Fans of the podcast Serial know where Baltimore is, and the uh, television show The Wire, and which also, paints Baltimore uh, as a lovely ace of cakes, which is <laughs> a nice show. Anyways, tell me about your stars before Phil kills us both. Ha ha ha. You hear that grinding sound, listeners? That's Phil in the edit room grinding his teeth. Um, <laughs> we love you, Phil. This card is one of the stars of the deck, and uh, it's just one of the best artifacts ever made. And every time I've played it for years in Lazav, and every time I play it, it does so much work for so little mana. And everyone's just, oh my god, we've got to kill that gosh darn mesmeric orb. Or oh, mesmeric orb. I want to hear you read this one, Shivan, because you, you you must love this card. I hate this does. card so much. God, I get screwed by this thing so many freaking times. So mesmeric orb for two generic mana is an artifact from Mirrodin, which says when a permanent, a permanent becomes untapped. That permanence controller puts a top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. That means your lands. That means if you are like me playing a token deck with 300 dudes on the table, means 300 cards get milled. You have no idea how quickly this thing can build up into just stupid land. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> dumb. And Scarab Garden... Scarab is just sitting there chittering while you're just like dumping Loading. your entire graveyard. You're, you're doing your, your own as well. You're fueling up yourself. Oh god, so bad. Yeah, exactly. You're just like you're milling yourself for value. You're milling them for value, and they're just hating you. That is the Demir way. <laughs> Actually, that's a very good salt eye deck too. Yeah, Mesmeric Corpse, and it's so expensive now. I've I've got a foil one, and I've got about three regular ones, and they're like 12 bucks now for the regular ones. Mesmeric yeah, but that's because this card is just so good in EDH, and it's just so mean and so unfun. I've uh, watched someone go, right, I'm going to create infinite mana. I'm like, how? And they're like, oh, I'm infinitely untapping this rock and retapping it. I'm like, cool. Are you going to kill me with that infinite mana? Uh, no. Cool. Mill infinite cards. <laughs> so dumb. You have to be nice at that point, because effectively the first trigger goes on the stack when they do it once. So you have to say, right, rewind, because you didn't give me a chance, because you just said to create infinite mana, to say, the first time you untap that permanent, that mana rock, basalt monolith or whatever it is, grim monolith, you get a mesmeric orb, trigger mill one, and they have to go, oh, okay, so you don't technically kill them, but, um, yeah. Have you ever noticed as well, mesmeric orb appears to be a silver Mirari-style crystal ball being suspended by an anti-gravity version of the H.R. Geiger facehugger design? Yeah, it looks a little bit almost, actually it kind of looks like a scarab beetle or something that's just kind of flipped over holding this thing up. It looks very d and very innocent for a card that like you look at this card and you're the first time you read it if you're not thinking you're just like eh whatever but it just builds and builds and builds a couple of untapped steps and suddenly you're feeling it oh then you know that it's there and you're like what in the <sighs> I hate this anyway, card anyway 
my last two stars, and I'd be remiss to without mentioning them, are they kind of do the same thing, but they're both also slightly different. So, training grounds, one blue for a that's so cheap this enchantment, one blue for a blue enchantment. Uh, activate ability, activated abilities of creatures you control cost up to two generic mana less to activate. This effect can't reduce the ability to less than one mana. So, there you go. You are then doing your Scarab God for a blue and a black. Eternalizing things. That's awesome. Another card that's also becoming expensive, that Training Grounds. And the other one I thought was Heartstone. So, three mana for activated abilities of creatures. I thought that was one, one of our banned topics. <sighs> <laughs> Bravo, sir. <laughs> hey, do you want to hear a great joke I heard? Uh, if you like puns. Oh, I love puns. <laughs> so, um, did you hear William Shatner's been asked to be in the new Christopher Nolan film? Oh. Yeah, he's turned it down because he said he's already done, Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that tomorrow at work. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's a younger person you're speaking to, you can say Chris Pine. <laughs> He's already done, Kirk. That's that's a beautiful thing. Oh, what a oh pun. my god, I love that. Hashtag dad jokes. <laughs> I love that so much. You have no idea. <laughs> this is like I'm just in awe of how fun that is. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Well, it's just like my favorite joke of all time is uh, the Star Wars joke. Uh, what is the internal temperature of a Tauntaun? Lukewarm. Oh, sir. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. I love it. Oh. Sir. <laughs> anyway, Heartstone. Uh, can you hear that? Is that Phil's head just beating against the computer? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a reference I Star Wars. Stay on target. Stay <laughs> on target. Hearthstone's <laughs> three mana activated abilities of creatures. All creatures cost one generic mana less to activate. Cannot reduce it to less than one mana. So once again, a reduction on that cost. You really want that cost can be expensive, but when you get one of these effects out, I know Hearthstone is. Uh, totally um, symmetrical, so your opponents get it as well. But who plays with activated abilities in Commander, eh? Yeah. Not but that many is, people. Being able to just tap, like, your Demir Signet to be able to uh, eternalize a guy is pretty great. Yep. Like, let's be real. That's pretty silly. Gosh. Man, this deck looks so cool. Like, it just looks like there's so much absurd stuff you can do. And this is like an angle of Scarab God that I hadn't even thought of because obviously I'm all zombies all the time. <clears throat> but man, this looks so much fun. <laughs> I'm super excited to play this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all zombies all the time. So tell me, how can I break this man? Uh, you break this man by ruining everyone's graveyards. Uh, Either yes. generically or specifically. Like, yes, I, I would guess things like Leyline of the Void or Rest in Peace. Cards Rest are basically... 
piece is the best one because it kills the graveyards that are already in existence when it comes in. Whereas Leyline starts taking effect after it's in play, rest in peace, wipes them, then takes effect. And then there's also, what is it, Bojukabog? And yeah, Bojukabog, Relic of Progenitor. And of course the new desert that just came out. Yeah. Let anybody do that. Anna Fenza. Anna Fenza. She was the one I was going to be saying next because, uh, yeah, Anna Fenza hoses, hoses this pretty badly. And enchantments in particular that destroy graveyards are a problem because Demir struggles to deal with com- uh, with um, with enchantment removal. It's one of the things we don't do. So if you're playing and you've got the foresight of knowledge or you can guess it holding a count spell or two around is advisable. You do have the ability to use stuff out of your opponent's deck so you can possibly find some removal inside someone else's deck or hand but it is a real issue for the deck and i you know there are a lot of graveyard decks out there really graveyard focused decks and it's not uncommon to see graveyard hate in people's decks there's also annoyingly targeted graveyard removal so (laughs) the best two examples of these i guess are scavenging ooze and deathrite shaman so these are things which are exile a target card from a graveyard so the annoying thing there is i say i'm going to eternalize your the reclamation sage to kill something and you say fine i'm going to exile my reclamation stage before your trigger resolves um it's very annoying Merin players will hate these abilities yeah, I can imagine getting into a race with with a Deathrite Shaman to decide who gets to eat the creature out of the graveyard, and that would probably get pretty silly. Yeah, the Deathrite Shaman's going to win as well. That well, way. yeah, because he's faster and costs less. Yeah. And... Ironically, a really good card against the Scarab God is the Scarab God, for <laughs> this very reason. I'm going to eternalize this creature. I'm going to eternalize it first. So basically, both Scarab Gods stand, players stand off in a Mexican showdown and uh, don't bother activating anything unless the other one foolishly dips their mana too low. Yeah, that could. You guys are just going to sit and like ping each other with your horde of zombies and just eat it, like slightly drain each other's life equally until somebody gets really irritated. Wow, that, that could actually be kind of fun. If their Scarab God is in their 99 rather than their commander, as soon as their Scarab God hits the yard, you have to eternalize their Scarab God before his return to hand trigger happens in the end step. Otherwise, he's going to keep coming back. Mm, That's fun. And that is the way to kill that deck, really. Otherwise, it's just going to grind away at you and being aggressive at you and doing all the things I love about Demir, which is grindy win. See, I like control decks where my opponents can still play magic but they play it to the point that uh, in a way where they have to make difficult decisions that are like, well, if I do this, it's actually going to benefit the Demir player because he's going to have access to this spell or be able to clone this creature or be able to reanimate this spell from this or steal it off me. So it's a really difficult decision to play against Demir control rather than Azorius control, which is, yeah, you can't cast anything. I will say one more thing that would be really good against this, and that's bounce-type effects like uh, Cyclonic Rift or Unsummoning yeah. things, or, you know, the repeatable one, Eldrazi's Displacer. 
who would be oh yeah that's a good who spell. would just wreck the scarab god because all your tokens will just bounce and pop it's uh, that's spoken like a true token player that's had that see cyclonic rift as a killer Dude, my creatures. cyclonic rift <laughs> is the worst board wipe there is do you know there is a Cyclonic Rift in my uh, Scarab God deck? That's weird, isn't it? It's weird that I would put that my in My eyes just glaze over past it, and like I can't even read those words anymore. <laughs> to quote Westworld, well, that doesn't look like anything to me. Yeah, but nor does, you, nor does your board state anymore, so pick it up. <laughs> One bone I'd like to throw to the zombie players out there. I do encourage you all to use Liliana of the Last Hope if you get a chance with this deck because she, with her emblem that creates uh, zombies that replicate and duplicate, is incredible with the Scarab God. It's She's like, I think, a Liliana that people don't use very often but would be super good in this deck just as a uh, sop to those of you who aren't into Turbo Mill, Eat Your Graveyard type of nonsense. Indeed. Absolutely indeed. Good good nod i like it and i think that rounds up our coverage of um the scarab god yeah i think this is going to be a great deck and i think it's going to be super fun once we eternalize phil and bring him back next episode <laughs> i think <laughs> this is going to become i always have two demir decks i always have silomgar and I always have lazav i think this might become my third permanent fixture demir deck it just looks I have, I have super permanent fun. decks that I never get rid of, and I have other decks that I build and then rip apart, you know. Sure. And yeah. there are only three permanent decks, which is Ailey, Silumgar, and Lazav. This might be number four. Just, do, have you had a chance to run it yet? A little bit. I've played... I own all the cards for it anyway. I had to proxy the god himself because he wasn't out when I was playing with it. But it's it's effective. I've won a couple of games with it. It's... It's fun. It's always fun because it's another thing. So one of the great pleasures of being a Demir player in the way I play it is your opponents can't get too annoyed at you for what you're doing because mostly you're just using their stuff. It's like, well, you can't be annoyed at me. You were going to do it to me. I love that. It's yeah. just like, look, man, you. it didn't look like you were using this Avacyn anytime soon. So I figured I would just borrow it. Look, we're, what do we're you just mean friends. it was me that put the Avacyn in your yard when I milled half your deck? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> is it my fault traumatized does that, is it? <laughs> I think I'm going to build this deck. This deck looks super fun. And just there's so many ETB cards out there that you can use and just customize it into like infinite different ways to be super irritating. But I think that Gary's got to be a fixture in this just because it's just so dumb. <laughs> it's so it's dumb. Gary. I love Gary so much. <laughs> All right. Well, I want a playmat with that on. I got my um, I got my Baleful Strix playmat, and now I need a Gary playmat. Okay, sorry, I've got my three favorite cards. I have two of them on playmats, which is Thassa and uh, Baleful Strix. I just need Gary to complete the triumvirate. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been a really great episode. Thanks for bringing this deck, Sean. We, I think it was super fun and super interesting. And uh, I look forward to seeing how this works out. And our listening friends, if you guys have any neat ideas or tricks to add to this deck, please feel free to tweet at us. I am at Gears, and Sean here is... 
I am at Copain26. And if you have any uh, issues, any hot burning political um, thoughts, <laughs> commentary, commentary, particularly if you're on the alt right side of the spectrum, you have to tweet Phil oh, at Ketjack. K T J A K, Ketjack. We didn't mention actually, sorry. Phil, um, Phil's wife broke his internet, and that's why he's not with us today. Yeah, it turns out Phil has actually been sleeping in the tomb with the scorpion god, and is too busy <laughs> to get the 1-1 counters out, so he couldn't actually make it. But yes. we miss and him, and we look forward their, to seeing him. Stood on, the, stood on their router, so I think. I believe, that's, I, I believe that's a router, not, not a router. Well, it routes the internet, so it's a router, isn't it? You know, that that means something different out here. So, um, <laughs> uh, poor Phil, is gonna, he's just going to hang us both by our intestines. It's like when we do a hate bears deck. And I, <laughs> oh, well, I've done deck with the artwork is burly men wearing uh, wearing plaid shirts hanging around in, in cocktail bars. But yeah, do, do tell me more about your Earthbind cosplay, Sean. um so everybody listening without your support this episode would not happen if you want to support our podcast head on over to patreon.com forward slash command mtg and if you donate more ten dollars or more per episode you can come join us on our private patreon chat where things get real hot and steamy over on facebook it's actually a, a really different. pleasant and fun community. Full it's of a really lovely nice community. People. Yeah, it isn't hot and steamy at all. It's very nice and supportive. It's actually really, really <laughs> kind. They're really, really very genuinely friendly people, and I like it a lot. Okay, and if you donate 20 or more dollars per episode, you can join my private Facebook chat. Sean Talk. Hang on a second while I go and uh, delete my Patreon account. <laughs> <laughs> um. This I've done something slightly different. We normally thank three patrons, but this week I was perusing iTunes Europe and noticed we've had a whole bunch of five-star reviews from European listeners. So I'd like to thank three random people off that, including Pinkling, Lord of Pigs. I hope that's his given name by his mother. <laughs> I, ha- I happen to know who that is in real life. <laughs> Angel Anvar, which sounds like a strange combination of Christian and Norse mythology. And Jackie Hayden. Jackie Hayden. Who I happen to know works at the excellent Patriot Games Leeds. So hello, Jackie. Please give us five-star reviews on iTunes. It really helps us more than you uh, know. Like and subscribe us on YouTube. Go over to Patreon. We've already mentioned that. And come talk and playtest with us. We love hanging out with you guys uh, and gals. You can reach us, of course, by going to our website, which is, Shivam? CommanderInMTG.com That's true. And our email is? Cast at CommanderInMTG.com and you can find us on all social media at commandzone.com. <laughs> yes. The Commander's uh, Brew. No, that's what I meant. Commander's I'm Jimmy Brew. Wong. <laughs> no, uh, and we, we would like to definitely thank all the listeners who stick with us and hang out with us. And once again, thank you all for your wonderful welcoming comments to me. It's been a real pleasure to join this podcast. 
And I'm so grateful that you guys have all been so deeply accepting. And so on the behalf of Sean and Phil and myself, this has been Commander and make sure all of your scarabs are face up. And that's our show. Ding, 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 Yo. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. My deck down. got flipped, turned upside down. I'd you like to take a minute to sit, sit right, right there. there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called... Demir. Demir. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with Dak and Blackblade, I was born and raised... But I didn't want the white all of my days, so I dropped that color out of my pie. And now I'm <laughs> casting spells out of your deck. I'm that guy. <laughs> Maybe there's hip-hop restrictions on purpose. <laughs> Phil asked me to, call, to quote directly spit rhymes about this deck, so that's what I'm doing. In West Dominaria, born and raised... In a swampland is where I spent most of my days. Oh, well, I did write lyrics to a version of um, the NWA classic Straight Out of Crompton called Straight Out of Herborg, which was all about <laughs> Yorgmoth. Yes. I'm, you know what? That involves way more swearing than I think we're allowed to do. No, so no, this no. Is probably no. I edited the swearing out and I had to change all use of racial epithets out of it. And change. It was good fun. It was good fun. Straight out of Verborg, a crazy mother flipper called Yorgmoth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Thran that. Et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. Right. Um, I'm going to stop the recording now. Now. Hey, did you hear about the necromancer and his girlfriend? Oh. Yeah, after a while, their relationship just started to fall apart. <sighs> file that one file that one in the drawer right i, th I think we, i think we can call that